Hey folks, Adam McDaniel here, welcoming you back to Apex Mind. Our mission here is to cut through all of the proprietary systems and gatekeeping that the learning and development industry is known for. I've worked in this industry for more than 13 years, and I've noticed that just far too many learning professionals tend to just speak in a silo to themselves. Today, everybody has to be good at training and at learning in order to succeed, and it's my goal to help you to get there. I want you to get better at making other people better. In today's episode, we dive into how to best prepare yourself and your learners to the extent that you can influence them in these areas to learn optimally. The things that we'll discuss in this episode can be categorized into the health and wellness aspects of your life. But these things won't just make you healthier, they'll also make you a better learner. According to a study in the January 2022 publication of Science Direct, it's titled COVID-19 Pandemic and Weight Gain in American Adults, a Nationwide Population-Based Study. There was some startling news about health impacts for many Americans. First up, 48% of American adults gained weight since the start of COVID, so in less than two years. 43% of Americans are currently classified as obese. And here's where it gets a little bit more specific. Um, the average U.S. adult gained 29 pounds of weight during the COVID period. Uh, the average U.S. adult gained 29 pounds of weight since the start of 2020. Even worse, so millennials, folks that are largely in their 30s and young 40s, they gained on average 41 pounds. And I can tell you, um, technically, I fall in that older part of the millennial generation. You know, before I started getting myself back in gear in these last couple months, I wasn't quite at that that average millennial weight gain of 41, but I had certainly gained a good number of pounds in the last two years. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. And so wh why are we talking about that here on Apex Mind? You know, not only is this weight gain terrible for our health, it also makes us more susceptible to COVID, specifically variety of other ailments as well, but it also impacts our learning. Now, just to be clear, I am not classically trained in any kind of fitness or health category. I don't hold any degrees or certificates. It's just a subject that I tend to be passionate about, and I've learned about it from a lot of different experts as well. This episode, it's consider it like a curation of the many health tips that, that I've learned from different places, and these things will make you a better learner. And also, you'll get the added benefit of if you follow these tips, you'll be healthier overall in life. So there are four main areas that you can focus on to become a better learner. We'll go through all four of these. So first is sleep, then nutrition, exercise, and then the last category, I'll just call it general wellness. I've collected this information from multiple scientific studies um, and just packaged this knowledge in one place in this episode for you. So let's dive into the first topic, which is sleep. A good reference for this is the book, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker, PhD. So something that I found interesting in regards to sleep, 
More than 60% of all Americans report their sleep needs aren't being met during a typical week. So that's more than half of folks are not sleeping well, and there are a lot of impacts of this. So as far as tips or things we can do to like maximize that sleep, for tips to get better sleep, first of all, your goal should be somewhere between seven and nine hours per night. If you're getting less than seven hours a night, it's, it's really impacting your performance across the board. If you need to, um, even take a short 30 or 60 minute nap during the day. That does count. There are some places around the world that currently have what's called bimodal sleep patterns where they sleep most of their time during the evening, but they'll take an hour or two nap during the day, and that that helps them meet those daily sleep goals. Um, Another tip to get better sleep, to stay asleep and to get to sleep easier, is to keep your bedroom cool, keep it dark, and keep it free of noise. If it's wintertime, it's a little easier to keep it cool, but if it's in the summertime, find ways to do that. There's even devices you can get and attach to your bed to like cool down the bed as well. As far as dark goes, I mean, the most blackout curtains you can get and also avoiding any screens in the bedroom, especially before you're going to bed. So avoid computers, TVs, phones, all those things. And then free of noise, that's, that's the TV thing, that's the device thing, but also just anything you could do to block out outside noise. There are certain like apps and music playlists you can play on your phone or over a speaker in the bedroom to block out noise if you live in a noisy area. One more thing with the screen piece, there's something called blue light that's emitted by a lot of electronic devices. You want to avoid that blue light after the sun goes down or at least one hour before you go to bed. So what that means for a lot of people is you might have to adjust your normal um, your normal patterns, right? So avoiding looking at your phone, going on a tablet, going on a computer, watching TV right before bed. If you do too many of those things, you get that blue light from the screen and it makes your circadian rhythm a little bit off. Your body doesn't really know it's it's uh, bedtime or it's nighttime, which is why a lot of people struggle with getting to sleep when they try to go to sleep. You could listen to music, listen to a podcast, listen to an audiobook, read. That's usually what I try to do before bed. Or in that situation, you really have to be on a device before bed. Maybe you really want to watch that show or movie or you got to get some work done. They actually sell blue light blocking glasses, which are glasses you can put on that allow you to use those things and it blocks most of those harmful harmful blue light rays out. So it's easier to uh, transition from that to sleep. Another thing regarding sleep is to create a nighttime routine. So you hear a lot of people talking about like morning routines, what they do when they first get up and before they start work, how they like organize that start of their day. And those things are great. I'm a big fan of morning routines, but also having a nighttime routine, a set amount of things you're getting done in that wind down to bed, that'll really help people to get to sleep faster as well. And then the last thing um, after you've kind of looked at all these other things is that potential for sleep aids if you really can't get to sleep or stay asleep. Um, You know, I already mentioned there's some of those sleep noises. I use Brain FM, which creates these kind of like pulsing sounds that are easy to fall asleep to. My wife and I call them our lullabies. It, It really works very well. It allows you to not allow your brain to water or have something to focus on while you fall asleep. Anything else you would use, like something you'd be taking, you know, try to do natural over medicine. Um, There are things like melatonin, but you don't want to use it too much. Um, I I take a product called Organifi Gold Juice. It has turmeric and some other spices. 
that helps kind of like wind me down at the end of the day. There's also certain CBD products that are known for sleep as well. Those things are great, but just use them sparingly so you don't get too used to them. When we think of like sleep's impact on learning specifically, generally humans need more than seven hours of sleep every night just to maintain their cognitive performance. So if you're averaging less than seven hours, it's really affecting your brain's ability to get things done. Sleep also works well as a memory aid. So both before learning to prepare your brain for like initially making new memories and after learning to cement those memories and prevent forgetting. So if you're ever in that time where maybe you're in a class and you're learning a lot of stuff or you have a big test coming up, you know, I think back to all those times in high school and college where I would stay up late cramming and not getting a lot of sleep and not realizing how that would like work against me. And it'd almost be better to spend less time studying and more time sleeping in order to prepare for that exam. And the last thing with sleep here is when you're getting short sleep, your, your biggest brain function that is impacted is your concentration. So you'll probably notice that if, you know, you have that night or multiple nights where you're not getting enough sleep and it's really hard to stay focused and concentrating on things, you know, that's the reason why. All right, after sleep, our next thing we're going to focus on is nutrition. And I know nutrition can be somewhat of a contentious subject. There are so many different diet plans and way that people like construct their, the way they eat. You know, there's vegan and keto and paleo, Whole30. People do different forms of fasting, juice cleanses, and so many different things. And the point is, is to find something that works into your lifestyle that you can do long term. I tend to not be a huge fan of the more extreme ones because they're not maintainable. You know, you're, you're going to stay extreme for a certain period of time and then generally get sick of it. And that's why you don't stay on it. But the only, like if you're trying to lose weight, I mean, it's just, eat less than you burn. And I know that's over, oversimplified. Or if you're trying to gain weight or put on muscle, you're going to eat more than you burn. There's some general things that I think can fall into any of those. So when you talk about your nutrition, whichever one of those diets or any of them or all of them that you're doing, there's certain things that can go across all of those. So the first thing is to try to avoid processed foods as much as possible. What I mean by processed is generally things that are in a bag, a wrapper, or a box. Is processed. That's not always true, but that's oftentimes true. Also, if something has more ingredients, it tends to be more processed. So the fewer ingredients, the more natural it is. There tends to be things like seed oils and lots of other fillers and unnatural items in those processed foods. And those things tend to not be good for you. This is an oversimplification, but it's a good general rule. So if you're avoiding processed foods, then you should be eating things like whole natural foods. And that would be things like meat and dairy, fruits, vegetables, nuts. Um, the most natural carb sources are things like rice and potatoes. You know, things that are single source, single origin, single ingredient are the most natural foods you can get. And most of those foods can apply on most of the uh, diets I listed before, although some like obviously vegans can avoid the animal products. Things like keto will avoid some of the carb-based things, but generally you'll find some things on those natural food lists, no matter which diet you choose to go with. So it's that avoiding of the processed high ingredient foods that are in packages and promotion of the whole foods that come from a single ingredient and are more natural in the state that you eat them. The next tip, once you choose the right foods, is to eat with awareness. And what this means is don't watch stuff on your phone or TV, don't work, 
or any of that stuff while you're eating. Step away from whatever you're doing. Pause the show or the movie. Take a break from work. You can get away from your computer. Don't eat while you're driving. Those types of things. If you're focused on eating, you're less likely to overeat and you're more likely to eat the right things because you're focusing on it and you'll get full faster. If you haven't tried it before, I am a big fan of logging food in an app. Um, There's tons of different options out there. One of the most popular ones is MyFitnessPal. I use one called Carbon that actually you have to pay for, but it does come with a coaching element that I think gives me a little bit more feedback and guidance than just the, the standard free apps do. But the whole idea of logging, I know it's a lot of work and it's frustrated me before because, you know, you do have to put that extra work in every time you eat something. But the good thing about it is that it gives you an insight into what you're doing and you'll get an idea of portions as well. So it's definitely a good idea to try it if you've never tried it before. The next tip for nutrition is to eat higher protein. And so generally, if you are measuring, you want to eat at least a half a gram per pound of your body weight, which there are a lot of people out there that eat much less than that on protein. Especially if you're doing something that is like low animal protein, vegan, vegetarian, it's a little harder to get those protein sources, but it certainly is possible. There are ways to get plant-based proteins and soy and, and other things as well, but you definitely need to eat more protein. It's very good, not only for your muscles, but for your brain as well. Most people are under consuming protein. Last tip nutrition-wise is, is regarding water. You know, water, it's, it's needed for healthy brain activity. It's required to move neuron signals throughout the brain. So drink more water. I try to drink a gallon a day. Depending on your body weight, you may not need quite that much, but you're probably not drinking enough water. All right, our third section here regarding priming your body for learning is exercise. And before we jump into what we're looking at for exercise, there was recently a study. The research was done from the Memory and Aging Center at the University of California, San Francisco. And this research indicated that movement can play a major role in guarding our brains against dementia as we age. It's something that a lot of us have have thought this for a very long time, but it's nice to see these official studies coming from reputable places to prove it. This is true not just when you age, but at any any age. But a healthy brain is, is generally one that transmits electrical signals effortlessly through the synapses in our brains. So think about the synapses if you're unfamiliar with the term. They're almost like little doorways between neurons. They let the signal squeeze through and having protein in or proteins in the synapses is essential for the maintenance of those little doorways. People that exercise more tended to have more of those protective proteins in their brains. So that means their synapses were firing better. Their brains were working better. This was a study of of generally older folks. And, and their prevention of things like dementia. But these benefits of exercise on brain function are true for people of all ages. So just like nutrition, exercise is another category where there are a lot of different methodologies and a lot of different thoughts about what to do. In my adult life, I've done a number of different exercise programs. 
And really, there's there's just two basic things that break down no matter what you want to or capable of doing. It's move. So most of us are too sedentary most of the time. So the idea is just to move in some way. And then to do some sort of strength training. And there's certainly a lot of different ways to do strength training, whether it be body weight or with dumbbells or barbells or yoga or CrossFit or a sport or whatever. There are so many different ways to do it. So just move and get strength training in whatever methodology is something you can stick to. I am a, a fan. There's there's a book that came out last year that breaks this down very well called The Resistance Training Revolution by Sal Stefano. That's one that talks about really the easy ways to use resistance or strength training to get yourself in shape in the minimal amount of time possible, whether you're doing body weight or barbell or dumbbell training. So I'd recommend that if you want somewhere to start. And it gives you illustrations and the workouts in it, which is nice as well. But exercise, it increases blood flow to the brain and throughout the body. So this additional blood in the brain, it is effective in the hippocampus, which is involved in forming long-term memories, which is good for learning. Exercise also triggers a powerful chemical from the brain called BDNF. And BDNF is a protein that supports the health of young neurons, and it encourages the growth of new neurons. So it's basically helping your brain to stay healthy and get smarter, which is good. Now, outside of these long-term benefits, we talk about movement in the short term. So if you're sitting for more than 20 minutes, which I'm sure we all sit for 20 minutes or more every day, multiple times a day, but if you do this, our blood pools in our feet and our lower body. And if we get up and move, we recirculate the blood. So within a minute of of recirculating the blood, there's about 15% more blood in our brain than there was when we were sitting. So the recommendation generally is try to move every 20 minutes or so. It's really hard to do all the time throughout the day, but as much as you can especially if you work in a job like I do where you're sitting down all day, get up. Um, If you have a standing desk, stand up, take breaks away from your computer, go on short walks, go do a few easy exercises near your desk. Those kind of things not only are good to get things moving and get things stretched and make sure you're staying healthy, but it's also good for your brain because you're getting that blood flowing from your lower extremities up to your brain where you need it so you can focus and you can learn and you can apply better. The term resistance training is is basically strength training, right? Um, And for beginners, there's there's things like body weight training, which is resistance because your body provides that resistance. If you start moving up into strength training with either machines or dumbbells or barbells, that gives you more resistance and more ability to, to build. But this also builds our metabolism. So Generally, as you burn your, build your metabolism, you're able to burn more calories throughout the day than you would otherwise, which means you can eat more. So outside of resistance training, um, the next thing is walking. We talked about if you're idle, causes those fluids to pool, but also walking is just good because it could be something that allows you to reflect on things that you were 
learning about or focusing on. It can allow you to be creative. There, there are lots of good things to do with walking. If you can, get outside, get in the sun. A lot of us these days tend to be inside our houses or inside of offices far too much. The vitamin D from the sun is good. Getting outdoors and getting the fresh air is good. So if you can, at some point, take a walk or multiple short walks throughout the day, it's definitely going to help your concentration and your learning as well. Last thing for exercise is just, you know, movement and exercise. They also improve your mood. They increase your brain mass and they enhance your cognitive processing. So definitely quite a bit of things there that can help with learning. Our last category is called general wellness. And this, this will be a quick category, but it's a few things that didn't really fall into the others, but they're very important. First one being sunlight. We mentioned that in the walking section. Sunlight helps you to get vitamin D and it helps you to set your circadian rhythm. So if you can get outside and get the sun early in the day, shortly after sunrise, it's going to help your body to wake up. And for those of you that might struggle in the mornings, that can help. Next tip under general wellness is to avoid stress. So stay away from negative news. Um, Focus on things you can control. Focus on your family. Focus on things that are closer to you. Avoid things that are farther from you or things that are outside your control. There's just too much stress out there and we have too much constant access to negativity and that's just going to hurt your brain and keep you from focusing on the right things. Um, The next suggestion under general wellness is just to read. I'm a big fan of reading something on paper outside of a screen. Fiction and nonfiction, I read them both. If you're someone who doesn't have that reading skill down, try to set a small goal. Um, 10 pages a day, or if that's even too much, start off with like two pages a day. Hit that for a few weeks and you can bump it up a little bit more. Once you create reading as a habit, it, it will help your brain in other areas. And we mentioned on a previous episode, the book Range by Epstein. And that book talks about how people that, that learn about multiple subjects tend to be better in all of those subjects. You know, it's good to read about things outside of your area of specialty to broaden your horizons. All right, everybody, that is it for this episode. Let's recap what we discussed about priming your body and brain to learn. First tip was around sleep, and for sleeping, we want to try to get seven plus hours a night, have a cool room, have a nighttime routine, avoid those screens at the end of the day, and just use sleep aids if they're totally needed. Second tip for priming your body and brain is nutrition. You want to use whole, natural foods over processed foods. Eat with awareness, eat higher protein, and drink enough water. Third tip for priming your body and brain is exercise. Exercising gets blood to our hippocampus, which helps our long-term memory. It also promotes BDNF, which helps with neuron growth in our brain. So for exercise, just to keep it simple, you just want to move and you want to get some sort of resistance or strength training. Our last tip for priming your body and brain is the other stuff category, which was sunlight, avoiding stress, reading, and learning new things. Remember, everybody, we have new episodes launch every Monday and Friday. If you want to connect and keep these conversations going, I'm most active on Twitter and LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter at ApexMindAdam and at LinkedIn at Adam-McDaniel. Thank you for listening, and I'm going to ask you three favors. First, implement something you learned today. Talk about it, take notes, implement something. Find a way to incorporate one of these sleep or nutritional or exercise habits 
today or this week. See if you can get some benefits for your brain out of it. Second, I'd like you to tell two people about Apex Mind. Recommend this podcast to some folks that you know would benefit from this content. And third, if you enjoyed what you heard today, just consider giving us a five-star rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Doing this will help us to reach more people. All right, everybody, go and help someone to be better than they were yesterday. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.